Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Maybe we should do a um, school hymn podcast. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Just us, us all singing. <laughs> Give me joy in my heart. Keep me here. Give me joy in my heart, I pray. Give me joy in my heart. Keep me something. Keep me something till the break of day. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, 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 Hosanna to, to the, the King, King. of Kings. Something <laughs> <laughs> like Jonathan King. That's 100% going to be the start of the podcast. The episode. <laughs> 100%. If you don't use that, Cleaver, you're mad. Are we recording? Yes. Yeah. I just want to say... Very slim notes on this. Oh, really? Yeah. Good grief. I'm, I'm genuinely surprised. <laughs> I come here not to praise Caesar, but to bury him. Britain. An ancient kingdom with legends of violence, cruelty, and torment in its blood. Join your hosts, Ross, John, and James, as they bravely tread where few would dare. Witness their journey into the horrific history of British horror. They are... The General Witchfinders. So, ladies and gentlemen, goblins and ghouls, welcome back to the 24th episode of the General Witchfinders podcast. I'm James in Bournemouth in southern England. I'm John Pantley in South Wales, which is in the south of Wales. And I'm Ross in Dorchester in southern England. Welcome, fool. You've come of your own free will to the appointed place. The game is over. Come, it is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Cleaver going for his uh, rada. <laughs> Amdram. <laughs> I could a tale unfold whose lightest word would harrow up thy soul, freeze thy young blood.
here to investigate the disappearance of a young girl. Where is Rowan Morrison? If Rowan Morrison existed, we would know. I suspect murder. Sergeant, I've already told... In the name of God, woman, what kind of mother are you? That can stand by and see your own child slaughtered. You are the fool, Mr. Harvey. You are liars. You are despicable little liars. Six horror film written and directed by Neil LeBute and starring Nicolas Cage. The film is a remake. No, we're joking, we're joking. Of course we're not doing that. The Wicker Man is the legendary 1973 British folk horror film directed by Robin Hardy and starring Edward Woodward, Britt Eklund, Diane Silento, the first Mrs. Sean Connery, Ingrid Pitt and Big Chris Lee. In his seventh appearance on The General Witchfinders, the screenplay by Anthony Schaefer, who also wrote Frenzy, inspired by David Pinner's 1967 no- novel, Ritual, centres on the visit of police sergeant Neil Howie to the isolated island of Summer Isle in search of a missing girl. Howie, a devout Christian, is appalled to find that the inhabitants of the island have abandoned Christianity and now practice a form of Celtic paganism. The movie is well regarded by critics. Film magazine Cinefantastique described it as the Citizen Kane of horror movies. And in 2004, (laughs) Total Film Magazine, which I didn't know was still going, named The Wicker Man the sixth greatest British film of all time. What was the one? Well, I can tell you that. So Yeah, yeah. go on. Let's have the top five, please. I got the top ten. Top ten, yeah. Naked by Mike Lee. Mark. Yeah. 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 Uh, from Russia of Love. Yeah. yeah. Nine. Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia. Brilliant. Eight. Kind Hearts and Coronets. Brilliant. Uh, number six is The Wicker Man. Number five, The Life of Brian. <laughs> uh, number four, The Third Man. Yeah. Number three, Train Spotting. Oh. Uh, number two, A Matter of Life and Death. Yeah. And number one, Git Carter. Oh, oh, interesting. So not not Mel Smith and Griffith Jones morons from outer space then. <laughs> not oh. the uh, film that um, Cannon and Ball did, The Boys in Blue. In blue! <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. I think there's several films that don't don't sort of belong on that list in that order. And I think this The Wicker Man is one of those films. Oh. I think ah, Doctor Knows okay. uh, not Doctor No from Russia with Love is far superior to this. Rosa Kleb. Yeah. Robert Shaw. Right. Right, right. Any film with Robert Shaw is better. Robert Shaw in it is good. It's true. Right, yeah. so, and, um, and 
And during the 2012 Summer Olympics opening opening ceremony, the film was included as part of a sequence that celebrated British cinema. Mental. In 1989, (laughs) Schaefer wrote a script treatment for The Loathsome Lambton Worm, a direct sequel with fantasy elements. More on that in a bit. I'd like to know. If you don't know anything about it. I don't know. I'd like to know. It's crackers. <laughs> yeah. Right, we'll come back to this later. Stay I've heard with us, off everyone. the lantern worm, though. Is the lantern worm like a real uh, thing, kind of? Uh, don't know. Well, James has obviously done some research, so we will... Oh, uh, yes. yes. Oh, excellent. Right, of course. Um, Hardy had no interest in the project, and it was never produced. In ah. 2006, an ill-received American remake, I just previously mentioned, was released from which Hardy and others involved with the original have disassociated themselves. In 2011, a spiritual sequel directed by Hardy entitled The Wicker Tree was released and featured Lee in a cameo appearance. However, it was there is an argument as to whether he is actually playing Lord Summer Isle. Yeah. Or oh, he is wearing his favourite checked um, coat, though. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> it features in every photograph you ever see him wearing. Good. Uh... Television, ac- uh, television actor and the equaliser, Edward Woodward, was cast in the role TV's of talent. Sergeant... Exactly. In the role of Sergeant Neil Howie, after the part was declined by both Michael York and David Hemmings. In Britain, Woodward was best known for the role of Callan, which he played from 1967 to 1972. After The Wicker Man, as just mentioned, Woodward went on to receive international attention for his role in the 1980 movie Break a and, of course, The Equaliser. Um, he was also married to um, Michelle Detrice, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> frequent touchstones of the General Witch Finders podcast <laughs> and her hearing aid ways. Anyway, so the film was produced at a time of crisis for the British film industry. The studio in charge of production, British Lion Films, was in financial trouble and was bought by wealthy businessman John Bentley. To convince the unions that he was not about to asset strip the company, Bentley needed to get a film into production quickly. This meant that The Wicker Man, a film set during spring, actually began filming in October 1972. <laughs> Artificial leaves and blossoms had to be glued to trees in many scenes. The production was kept on a small budget. Christopher Lee was extremely keen to get the film made, and he and others worked on the production without pay, something he seems very keen to mention at every opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> While filming took place, British Line was brought by EMI Films. And uh, Ross has added, Iron Maiden released a single called The Wicker Man from their Brave New World album. Uh, oh but God. I don't think anyone particularly cares. No, no one cares <laughs> Now, before we crack into this, right, mm. I thought, right, because this is why I, I realised that podcast that you can all get a bit niche and what have you now that's what we were all about but i thought i bet there have been absolutely tons of episodes done by uh, about the wicker man by various podcasts and they yeah. have and i thought oh, i'm gonna dip into them ahead of time yeah and i you know i, I don't want to start a beef as i believe they call it with any yeah. other podcasters but they were all absolutely <laughs> and that's one of the things that sort of psyched me up for this one. I thought we are going to do such a better job than this. I we think are we already gonna, have just by reading the Wikipedia article. Wikipedia, yeah. we're going we're to say, and I'd like to thank Wikipedia for writing <laughs> yeah. the introduction. We are going to put some heat under this because, well, like I said, I very much doubt any other podcast 
or you know, or history of the Wicker Man yeah. will have brought attention to the role and prominence of Sherbet Dibdabs in <laughs> news agents in Great Britain, which is which, which is what my notes consist yeah, so, of. <laughs> are you going to? You mentioned that on uh, every yeah. day on Twitter. So yeah. are you going to reveal the link, or is this going to come up through conversation? Let it come up naturally. Okay. Yeah. Don't let but daylight in on magic. I've got to say that watching this film, the scales fell from my eyes about the Wicker Man. That's interesting. Interesting. And right. I think it's a bit of a straw man to, to enlarge that metaphor. But mm. um, besides Brit Eklund, mm. I didn't find much to uh, enjoy in this film, I've got to be honest. Well, I gotta say, okay. I've, wa- I've watched it to, as um, usual. I watched it yeah. in time for a recording. Times. Which didn't happen, so then I needed to rewatch it to remind me. So I, um, and also, as we go through... Cleavers, the memory of a goldfish. <laughs> it's only an hour and a half, Ross. Yeah. I had to watch the film on Monday, and then by Tuesday, I'd forgotten who I was. But by that point, I've watched some other films. I woke up in a, in a verge. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't woken up in a verge for at least six months. The, um, <laughs> first time I watched it, I was like you, John. Um, I watched the, uh, the final cut, mm. um, and I was like, this is nowhere near as good as I remember it being. Mm. Um, I, I think the, uh, the the strangeness of it all mm. was no longer strange because it you know it was something I, I was expecting, and uh, and I was yes. I was going to say I think this is like the the um, the Emperor's New Clothes of of, of yeah of horror films, Ooh, which okay. is one hundred percent what it is. I think. However, mm. watching it again, <laughs> I'd be watching it on my. Uh, in my lunch breaks with the um the the commentary on there um mm-hmm. and actually I started I'm starting to come around again and enjoy it again mm-hmm. I don't I don't know it, it just I, it might be one of those ones where you, you've got to be in the mood yes okay. I think just hundred percent the case because I haven't been in a great mood watching and I, and mm. it's not the best film knowing what's coming it's not the most enjoyable rollick rollicking fun because at the same time I've been watching a film from a few years previously called Scream and Scream Again mm-hmm. which has got Vincent Price it's on our list oh is it it's yeah. brilliant it's it's really camp it's bizarre <laughs> um, it's got someone from Last of the Summer Wine in it it, it ticks all the boxes for the things I enjoy mm. which is stupidity um, uh, failed British sitcom characters uh, badly made Flawed production quality. Um, Peter Cushing's in one scene. Vincent Price only seems to be in one scene. And, but this, this really is just quite an adequate and well-made film, isn't it? Interesting. Uh, and yeah, there's, a not, well, there's not a lot, which is kind of. I think it suffers from <laughs> and um, something similar to uh, the Hellraiser, in as much as <laughs> it's something which was made based on taboos and it was like okay so mm. Hellraiser had the whole sort of sex taboo and yeah. SLM taboo and stuff and it's like, isn't this shocking the fat goths yeah on jelly, <laughs> jelly on bums yeah. Yeah, jelly on bums whereas I feel like this was all like you know paganism, free love but yeah boobs paganism yeah. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. that like isn't that um divergent and and weird and a little yeah. bit like oh. and I think I think maybe that uh, that's what I've uh, Christopher Price. Uh, Christopher, Christopher Lee. Who's Christopher Price? <laughs> I don't know. Vincent Price and Christopher Lee. Yeah. Uh, why, why Christopher Lee? I think it, it, 
I don't know. He seemed very, very excited about the whole idea of it. And mm. Well, he, he knew he was going to see Brett Eklund topless, didn't yeah. he? So he was like, what more can I'll, you want? Yeah. I'll do it for free. And sing. Break out the pipes. <laughs> yeah, but some, didn't someone say um, they, they they read on Twitter that you should, you should watch it as a musical? And, and it was oh, like, I think... well. Was that David Llewellyn? Because I was going to say, also, this is a musical. Yeah. There's too mm. much music. Yeah. Mm. More on that in a second. Watching it, I was thinking they should do this as a stage musical. That's literally what I've written as well. I can't believe that someone like Matt Berry hasn't done this as a musical. All the music is there. And the songs are really good. I I, I used to have it on CD. um, Yeah. um, Back when I I always walked past Virgin Magazine on the way to college Mm. and and always bought some, you know, I'm going to buy myself a £22 CD, you know. A, a, a sleeper T-shirt. Exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, I've been, I was listening the other day and actually some of the songs are actually quite moving. And it's, it's It reminds me of um, War of the Worlds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, that, that era of like... Um, yeah. No, you're not here. No, you're not here. No, you're not here. Yeah, yeah forever autumn. Okay, should we yeah. hold on, hold change, on, change on, the okay, yeah. Sorry. Go on, yeah. Okay, so before we get going and do on this one, I get into it. Now, yeah. I have to confess that I'd never seen it all the way through. Oh. I'd only ever seen bits of it prior to this. And those and the were thing Declan's that, bits. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and of course, you know, the ending and, you know, yes. iconic. And, yeah. But having watched, and the thing that really struck me was having seen and really enjoyed Midsummer when mm. it came out. Mm. As I was watching it, I thought, Which I Christ, seen. it's brilliant. Watch it oh, it's fantastic. But yeah. thematically, tonally, yeah. this is Midsummer, mm-hmm. and they just absolutely ripped it off. Yeah, I and think that's why I what? haven't watched Midsummer because the minute I oh. saw what Midsummer was about, and I seen mm. Florence Pugh covered in flowers, I was mm. like, oh, that just looks a bit like the Wicked. <laughs> because the th- the thing that that kind of beguiled me about this is, and it's the same thing that beguiles me about Midsummer. It's the whole mm. not like there's something in the dark and it's going to leap out and grab you and whoa, screaming skulls and, or, mm. or anything like that or jump scares. Mm. It's that thing of you are somewhere where number one you're stuck. Mm. There's no way out of this. Number two, you're no longer in control. Mm. <laughs> Events are conspiring against you. Mm. And number three everyone is exceptionally nice to you. And that is the thing that really, like, everyone in this film, right up until, and even, you know, even at the, end, the that'd be final nice scenes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're all like, <laughs> and there's something so wonderfully sinister about What's the that? line about, um, you said, like, well, you, you get to be the thing which is very rare in, that, in these days. Yeah. It's become the master. Mm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, more, more on that as, as we get into it. So come on, let's go. Okay. Which version of the film are we doing? I I mm. I watched the one on Amazon, which I think is yeah. called the final, final cut. Yeah, right. I think that might be the one I watched as well. Which so- I don't think is as good as the proper version, which I have seen before. And I think the new version, this final cut, actually spoiled my reading of the film. I think the mm. original theatrical cut actually has more impact because. Okay. There's the the signposting of weird stuff 
mm. in in the version I watched is really obvious. Mm. Uh, and I've I've just to drop in, I do remember, like you, Cleaver, in Cardiff in potentially 1998, buying this on VHS somewhere and watching a version which was also the final cut, mm. but is a different final cut to this final cut, where you see the um you see Awa Wuwa as the policeman in somewhere on mainland Scotland with two of the police officers. Yeah. So that's yes. that's in the uh the director's cut, I think. But that's a very bad print. Yeah, it's because they, mm, if we say yeah, they had like a version which got sent somewhere and they yes. yeah, they've lost the negatives and all that kind of stuff. And it's a really complicated, really long, convoluted story about why it's lost. And, and quite boring. Yeah, and in the um the commentary I was watching, Mark Kermode was trying to bring that out of um uh, the director and um um Christopher Lee, um, yeah. but they all of them were just contradicting each other. I don't think any of them can remember exactly what happened. No. What the hell happened? Yeah. The only thing that I've heard from that, or to to really to bring people's attention if they're not aware, is that there's a f- terrific urban legend that says that there's a a print of it. A, mm. the, you know, the proper, proper final print is buried in the foundations of the M25. Yeah. <laughs> and that for reasons why they're very, very nefarious. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, you know, Along it's like, well, we've got to go do away with victims. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So the version I watch um, starts off with um, yeah. uh, Edward Woodward taking communion in church, which mm-hmm. is, yeah, which is yes. meant to be like a mirror of what happens at the end, and obviously. With and- slightly dodgy... Slightly dodgy sound and slightly dodgy print, I thought. I put that, obviously, you know, because it starts off with uh, a bit of hymn action. Mm, And my mm. immediate notes was they should have gone with something from the Common Praise hymn book from schools. (laughs) And then that let me, I had to pause the film and look to see if there was a copy of the Common Praise hymn book on eBay available. Because I suddenly thought, I feel I need to own it. Is it blue? (laughs) Let let me show you. Let let me show you. That one. Yeah. I remember a blue version of that. I think there was a brown one and then there was a blue one. So we That's used to right. have our hymns on an overhead projector. Yes. And, uh, and the sort of the, the, the DV kids would be the ones who were allowed to like roll up the, over, the um, <laughs> roll it up while we were singing it. And one of them used to sit there and turn his eyelids inside out and flick his tongue at us while we were yeah. singing. Yeah. <laughs> in my school, on the OHPs, and you can't put this in, that a boy called <laughs> put his dick on the overhead projector <laughs> once. And projected the shadow of it up onto the wall. Like our school was so rough. But Stratford, Stratford still had the eleven plus. Yeah. So all the all the nice kids went to the grammar school, and all yeah. the idiots went to um, Stratford High School, which is where um, Gordon Ramsay went as well. Wow. But yeah, you can tell the the quality of the kids by someone putting his dick on an overhead projector. So it was often OHP, but. Sometimes it'd be the slide carousel, and that would be mm. exciting. You couldn't put your dick in the slide carousel. No, you couldn't, no. I'm sure someone did at Howard Garden. <laughs> uh, it was interesting to see that on on the uh, the eBay listing for it, um, yeah. the the pages that you can see inside. Who put the colours in the rainbow? Yeah, oh. you know, and everybody. <laughs> nice. That was a good one. Was it on the radio? Jet planes meeting in the air to be refueled. All the things I love so well, so I mustn't forget. I mustn't forget to say a great big thank you. 
And of course, some kids would shout, wank you. Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mustn't forget. Uh, Clouds my, that look like familiar faces. Yeah. <laughs> my one was, um, <laughs> um, cross over the road, my friend, when a car comes round the bend, your life will surely end. That's that's quite creative. Mm. Now you see, if they'd gone with any of those for the opening of the Wicker Man, far more chilling. Yeah. Anyway, so the priest, the priest of that bit is Mm. the director. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, okay. What's his name? Uh, I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this chair's making horrible noises. Yeah. I don't know if I cracked. And also, we should point out that the film starts off with, because it says, "With thanks to the people of Summer Isle." Yes. Of course, there is no summer on. Oh, so quite is. a nice kind of like, ah. And then you, get, no with you. then you get him flying his seaplane. Yes, yeah. awesome. With like a TV standard um, sort of like credits over the yeah. screen. I thought. Yeah. And not, that, not one, those... but two intro songs for the very, very long. And again, that is so weird. And I've, yeah. I've put that, you know, why is there, you know, so much music at the start? Well, the director you know, said it, it, it was important for oh. them to do those flights to give everyone mm. um, a geography of the island. And I was like, no, no. one's taking a fucking notice of what's I, going I, on. I just, I've just All put, they need put, to know is that he's not, he's had to fly somewhere, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Do you reckon they train all police to fly planes? <laughs> In Scotland, sea planes. And also, I, I've just put that Scotland looks amazing. That's yeah. that, I didn't get the geography of the place. I just thought, oh, I look at that. Doesn't that look that beautiful? It wasn't Cornwall or somewhere. Yeah. Because I thought, wow, of this look a bit like Cornwall. Well, Christopher Lee kept going on about the, the slipstream um, <laughs> yeah. in, in Cornwall. Jetstream. <laughs> Jetstream, that's it. Sorry. Not slipstream. <laughs> What's a slipstream? When something goes past you and makes yeah. like a. Oh, okay. That's right. not something you make like fizzy pop out of. <laughs> um. Yes, yeah, so this is basically an attacked on the bit. The church bit is attacked on preamble, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. The original film starts with the plane bit, mm. and I oh. think what you're saying about the the titles, Cleves, is that they they don't look right. I think they're nap. They're from now. Right. They're not the yeah. original, original, which was probably like letter set or something, weren't mm. they? Put on something and, and filmed. Also, the fact that it, it says music by. Magnet in inverted commas, yes. as if it's like allegedly. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> magnet or a band they put together especially yeah. for this because I was trying so to get more really? magnets, magnet stuff to play in there the other day. But, magnet, um, magnet, my magnet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Misty flashback: the plane coming in is the real start. The music straight goes straight in, uh, and straight away I had a fee- a cold feeling. And I thought, oh, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this. I haven't mm. seen it for a very long time. And it and from the get-go, it feels like, like I've said already, like an adequate, proper film mm-hmm. rather than an exciting piece of, like, gaudy, vulgar trash, which mm. it, the mm. majority of our films have been. <laughs> and I think that's what I... Um, that's what straight, you it's like proper actors doing proper roles and everything's kind of flawless and it's a bit weird. And straight away, like as soon as he pulls out the photo of Bloody Rowan, I was like, how long have I spent my life looking at indie disco flyers mm. that have got that as the picture? <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, again, this is like, this has been projected, I'm sure, in a million mm. indie discos, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. And, and we've probably watched it with like, um, wide open space over it. Yeah. Um, and the black grape. Over the top. <laughs> 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 the 
<laughs> the Reverend Black Grape, mm. um, etc., etc., etc. Vindaloo, probably. Um, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, well, I remember when I told John the name of my firstborn daughter was Rowan. He yeah. immediately assumed that it was named after Rowan William. Is it William Williamson? No, that's what, the, the Archbishop, Archbishop of Canterbury. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name in this? Rowan Morrison. Morrison. Yes, Morrison. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, so come here for all your, you know, spot on Wicker Man facts. Yes. Yeah. Before, we, before we get into the whole picture, we, thing, have we should point out that there's the amazing bit where he turns up and I thought, I really want just one of those little tiny megaphones he's got. Yeah. yeah. It's not like a full size one, it's just like a little yeah. hand one. You there. <laughs> Listen to me. I am the law. Damon Alban already had one. And I've just put. He's that he's just got some amazing fuck off. I am the law energy going yes. on here. I thought he was great. Was, it really, yeah. really put across his character, though, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, because the the people of Summer Isle all go. Oh no! Fuck off! You can't you can't come here. No, can't no, come. no, no, no! You're not allowed. You're Listen here, you. I am a cop. Yeah. <laughs> 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 stripes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming along. So I loved all that. And I but thought, what, you know, what's that, he going to do if they don't do it? You know, that could be the end of the film. Yeah. <laughs> Bollocks. I'm going to get back in the seaplane now. Yeah. Um, but, and then he gets, he gets onto Summer Isle. And my note is, and I think I've said this before about a few things that we've covered on General Witchfinders, is that anyone who lives inside a large town or city thinks that the moment you get 20 miles outside of a large town or city... This is the sort of shit that's going down yes. behind doors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the whole yeah, time. Yeah. I was like, this is, you know, straw dogs, the lot. I have to All say, it lives. is true of West Wales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> West Wales is the last place I don't ever want to be stranded. And I'm sure some really weird shit goes on in some of these funny little villages. Um, there's some good faces, some good, like, I'm sure they've used local extras yeah. and the whole kind of. Production design is great. And then he's he's going around, he's talking to, he goes in the shop and there's weird stuff happening in the shop with they're like a chocolate hair and there's... But in it's, the shop. It, it feels kind of bloodless to me and a bit kind mm. of, it's not camp enough. And I, and I, I probably I learned <sighs> a lot about myself watching this film more than I learned about the film because it was just mm. like, I want more. Capless. So you can't get much more cap than um, Christopher Lee in a kilt. So you <laughs> wait for it. The oh. the the landlord, the pub landlord, is very camp, but yeah. it's it's all it's kind of knowing camp, isn't it? Rather than a trashy, we're making three of these a month kind of mm. camp. It's like this. Uh, this is a proper film, darling. Uh, mm. Oh, and. Have you heard? I'm making a proper film. <laughs> oh, where are you making that, Christopher? Oh, we're making it in Scotland. Are you really? And I'm doing it for no money at all. <laughs> are you really, Christopher? Wonderful you know, project. Yeah. Wonder. Oh, it's a wonder. Anthony Schaff. Do you know he worked with Hitchcock? Oh, how wonderful. <laughs> and that's just his wife. First of all, he begins. So, how he begins his investigations and starts off in the news agent, mm. and immediately I was just struck by you know a sense of absolute sort of like romanticism for the past, because of course you know for those of us who remember the early nineteen eighties, mm. this is kind of like ten years previously. And my thought was, 
My God, this is exactly what news agents used to look like. You can't beat a news agent. The smell. Proper sherbet dip-dabs had made their way to Summer Isle. And for our foreign listeners, what Mm. these are were... So you can still get them in this country, although Mm. I don't think they're quite as magnificent as they once were. They probably don't have the same colourings in. True. (laughs) Tubes. Cardboard tubes of sherbet. And inside would be a stick of licorice, Mm -hmm. which you could then open it up, dip in the licorice, and then eat the sherbet off the licorice. Oh, it was a taste sensation. Yes. It was absolutely lovely. And then you would always get the sherbet down the bottom would get all congealed. Yeah. So you'd have to like crush it all up. But anyway, so to see that, I was like, yes. Now I used to like the sherbet ones that were a paper packet. Three three pockets, one like a... Like, yeah. a yeah. Stick, like a swizzle stick. Swizzle stick. stick. Yeah. That's what yeah. they were called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One with like a cherry flavour and one with an orange flavour. Yeah. Oh, Lovely. God. Nice. <laughs> nice. Like pure food colouring, wasn't it? I used to like it, it when was... you got one of those things where it had like bubble gum in, but it was like on a mm. plastic thing. Someone would be like as tall as you and you could like get all <laughs> the bubble gum uh, into oh, your mouth. Pouring it into your mouth. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and I noticed that behind the news agent, like up on a board, that were mm. the following items for sale: pencils, rubbers, and then yeah. snuff. Oh, that's just said snuff. snuff. Still for like, sale. Wow! Yeah, that's amazing. I was like, look, at, I paused it. I was like, what is that? I was that like, is Jesus, amazing. Yeah, you could get some crazy old shit in news agents, including. Those like polystyrene <laughs> planes, yes, that, yeah. that, that came sort of flat packs. Yeah, we still in the garden. Thing. We still in the garden. We yeah. throw them off at the climbing frame, and if they yeah. landed on the uh, on the pavement, they they landed in the city. They landed on a dog mm. shit. And they landed on a <laughs> volcano. <laughs> so they landed nice. on the grass. They gone into the into the jungle. It was like wow. Amazing. Hey, saw, what yeah, you got there? John's got one. It's <laughs> oh, a lovely little fucker. Okay, that's, that's a Spitfire. That's a Spitfire. Yeah. That's I can't remember one. where I saw them, but they, they, it's exactly Look the same and that. they still come in the same they, packaging. I've been, I've been nibbled it. Often I, I used to chew them. <laughs> they would like, don't do that, you've ruined it. <laughs> Satisfying. They fly so well. Yeah. They it's fly superb. amazingly well. well. We saw them. They, uh, they were like monsters. You, and you could like, Ooh. yeah, you swap the wings around and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I see. Well, that's right. a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, so after this, after this, this wonderful trip down memory lane, um, <laughs> Big Edward Woodward is basically told, oh, oh, oh you know, our, my daughter's not missing. She's right here. And there's yeah. sort of like a young girl there and there's oh, or, or there's confusion. It's quite a nice it bit, though, isn't it? When she said she says he hasn't got another daughter, but then he asks the, 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 the girl mm. directly. She says, of course she is. She's yeah. where is she? He's in the field playing with the, the other and she's yes, talking about her the hair. Rabbits. Yeah. She's yeah. painting a picture of her hair, isn't she? Mm. Yeah, and he Mad gets down. You know, yeah, yeah. And I did think these days it's that like, I'm not sure if people would just sort of like leave their child unattended, <laughs> even with a policeman. Just hey, what? you look after the kids. Mm. Um, <laughs> we're also told as well that the letter has come to Howie personally. As mm. it's, it's come to, it's not like come Anonymous to. Yes, it's not come to the force, the le- you know, or the general police, or it's just this letter has come to him, mm. and so that's one of the things they don't really explain, which is his motivations for like yeah. why why does he felt so motivated to go? And that is in one that. of the other cuts where you see all of that. Ah. You see him yes. receiving the letter. Yes. And now, and once again, this is one of our many uh, t- touchstones from uh, Midsummer. 
mm. is that I thought, okay, well, when you watch Midsummer before they get to Sweden, you have that long preamble at the start where you learn about Florence Pugh's life mm. and all the rest of it. And, and then I read, as you said, Ross, that, oh, they did film a thing with Howie where you learn that, number one, he's an absolutely devout Christian, that number mm. two, he doesn't drink, and, and also number three, where apparently there's a scene where he's with prostitute, where he, where he sort of deals with a prostitute oh, or just, something I like that. Seen that in any oh, other class, there you go. See, so that, that's all of that. Um, mm. From then, he then moves on to the pub. The Green yeah. Man, yeah. Yeah. one of the touchstones, one of the kind of cult touchstones, along with John Barleycorn in this <laughs> film. And my notes, I've just written, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Going into amazing the state of the pub. It's got an amazing yeah, sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. So brightly lit, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah. A, a lot of this film is overlit and badly lit. Mm. Um, mm. And there's multiple shadows. This isn't the kind of podcast for me to point out stuff like that. But it, lots of that stuff really gets on my tits where... It's just so brightly lit indoors that it just doesn't look real. And people have like three shadows, um, which kind of, again, spoilt it a little bit for me. Mm. Um, where films like Dracula AD 1972 managed quite decent lighting. But then a film like this doesn't manage decent lighting, which I found quite interesting. Mm. But the cinematography is pretty good. So it's a I, weird... I think it's better outside, isn't it? Yes, but parts of it, I think, feel and look a bit rushed. And I think it's also not helped by, like, some of the footage being, like, this kind of resurrected f- footage, which makes it feel quite uneven in places. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he goes in the pub. It's just mad, isn't it? There's mad. There's a right jamboree happening. And straight away, I started to feel my hackles rise because it's mm. this feel of this, like, free love <laughs> smug weird villagers yeah and and they're just they're not creepy villagers but they're all just a bit like happy odd they're just a they're bit just odd that's what i put a, wow well they're not happy they're kind of smug that they're all like mm. swingers mm-hmm. yeah and it's just very odd i mean it's enlivened no end by brit eklund's uh, yes. uh, arrival Enter and she'd she she'd brighten any uh british pub i'm sure and I've just but, got um, Rod Stewart, etc. That's all you need to know. Fixing like, potholes. Peter yeah. Sellers. That's what he's doing at the moment. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, well, this is where we got our first proper song, isn't it? Much has been said of the strumpets of yore, of wenches and body house queens by the score. But I sing of a baggage that we all adore, the landlord's daughter. Oh, her lips are as And then, yes, I put, everyone stop what you're doing and serenade Brit Eklund. Yeah, yeah. The good command, like, yeah, the whole pub begin to, to sing to her. And I've just put, this is like my idea of hell, to sort of like enforced fun in a pub. <laughs> Everyone sing now! But when you know what you know about the film, is this yeah. all being kind of um, um, orchestrated yeah. throughout the... Um, there was a whole year of rehearsal was going Because it makes you think, what a bunch of bloody weirdos. <laughs> like, mm. get a life. Stop being so smug and weird. Stop singing. Yeah. Mm. Um, I just love the way how he's so uncomfortable, he just gets angry and just starts yeah. stropping yes. about. Yeah, yep. I, I like the landlord as well. He's his Christmas. He's a, a famous yeah. mime, apparently. Who oh, is he really? Mm. I didn't know that. Um, so then he, uh, um, she's dubbed. So Britt Eklund is dubbed. Yes, she something which the director denied completely on the on the commentary uh, I listened to. Uh, <laughs> 
Because it um, literally says it like uh, everywhere you look about this film, doesn't it? Yeah, because Mark Kummer is going, are you saying, can I just, can I just stop this? Mark Kummer is going, can I just stop this? You, your category says she is not dubbed in this film. I'm like, no, no. It's, it's so <laughs> oh, obvious man. that she is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. And so how he sees in the pub while all this cavorting is going on, and one of the things that I did think was pretty cool was that there's, back through the the years, there's pictures of, for all intents and purposes, Mm. the May Queen stood with the harvest. And again, once again, the whole pagan harvest vibes. But of course, there's no picture for 1972, one of our touchstone (laughs) years. Yeah. And it's like, oh, and he's like, why is there no picture for 72? Oh, it, it just fell off. And I did like that. And I did think, oh, that, you know, that, that was all really, really cool. Um, yeah. He then gets served a, a plate of the most disgusting looking food in the, yeah. in the history. I thought, once again, no wonder Americans think that in uh, our country, ah, you limeys and your disgusting food. It's like, well, if you watch this film. It's not sausage shed, is it, John? It's, it's not a sausage shed. <laughs> it's uh, not dissimilar. I think this scene... Um, I've, ne- I've never noticed it before, but I think this is a really, it's too obvious signposting of what's going mm. on. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of introduced too soon where, oh, everything's from cans and blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, you don't have blue ball beans. You don't have this, you don't have mm. this. And it was a bit like, oh. And the, again, like you say, please, unless you are seeing this for the first time, these kind of scenes kind of rankled a bit with me because it's like, it seemed too obvious. And too heavy footed that it's that it that they play it this way because obviously if they've had a bad harvest mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and they've having to buy every, get everything out of tins. Um, or maybe they're just fucked up, fed up with apples. Non stop, summer oil apples, peaches and, and cream. Yeah. We it then kind of cuts to like the pub starts having like a jam session, does, yes. doesn't it? And I put did did it look like it had been shot on different stock yeah. to you? Yeah, again, again, it's it's because it's been re okay. recovered from another. Yes, ah. they haven't got the negatives yeah. anymore. So right. stuff which they which has been recovered from the separate have to come from the that explains that. Tell us, right. it's the same yeah. pub that um, Led Zeppelin uh, recorded Led Zeppelin three in actually. <laughs> Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> right. Then it, it starts <laughs> to get bizarre, you know, kind of not, not bizarre, but it's like, this is so, I've just put the tone of this film and the sudden yes. shifts of tone are so bizarre. But it comes yeah. to like night, evening, and it's sort of yeah. like the jam session is continuing. How he goes and outside. then suddenly, and here we go. Enter Big Chris. Oh, that, oh yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, he, sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah, first of all, Harry goes outside, and everyone's just fucking. <laughs> yeah, in like, slow motion. What's going on? Yeah. This is this is this. That's he, one of the scenes I have real problems with because it's like, why is it in slow? It looks like it's made to look like a hallucination, isn't it? Yeah, yes. it's like slow motion. Then it pauses for a bit, and I feel like. Howie would arrest him at that point. Yeah. Wouldn't... yeah. Well, it's like public fornication or something, yeah. isn't it? It's, um... Mm. He just goes aside and doesn't strop around and goes to bed, doesn't he? I, yeah. I don't know if it was done in that way because of, like, censorship laws and mm. they couldn't do it uh, more graphically. graphically yeah. But I think that the actual um, way that they do it is quite weird and it makes him look like he's tripping. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't... It's it's done from his point of view, but you don't see in slow motion from your point of view often, do you? Mm, Unless you're like tripping or whatever, but in film language. And I just thought that was weird. And then we have the kind of um, cobbled in scenes where um, Christopher Lee turns up in his kilt. Kilt! Yeah. (laughs) With his amazing hair. (laughs) And a teen boy in tow. It's very... I can't remember this in the original cut, so I'm sure this is a, a an in, reinstated uh, scene, isn't mm, it? And, yeah. that, and and it's it's very um, uncomfortable and, and and weird. Yeah, basically, and, the, um, Lord Summerisle calls up to um, the landlord's daughter yeah. and and introduces this young virgin boy who he's sending up to lose his virginity. Nice. As he goes yeah. through the pub, they all start doing the banging on the wall and. Um, yeah. The uh, t- the 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 guy who wrote all the songs is actually Gentle in the boat. Johnny. Yeah. I put my hand on her knee, and she says, "Do you want to see?" I put. Start singing Gentle Johnny, which I think is actually a really lovely song. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so Howie is having to listen to this through the wall. Yeah, Brooklyn deflowering this young boy. Whilst Christopher Lee's doing a monologue about snails outside on a big blue Yes! And this is what, this is where, this is what I was saying earlier, where this version of the film signposts too early like what's going on I think I don't think this scene is necessary mm. at all and it just seems a bit weird and it's all very trippy it is trippy it is trippy yeah it's too trippy for the rest of the film there's nothing about this five minutes that suggests no. this is a horror film in any no, way no, shape no, or no, form no 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 
That's why I was, I was just like beguiled watching it. I was like, what's going on? This is mad. It's, it's more like the rest of it's shot in a very like realist way that mm. it almost looks like a travelogue. So you've got this yeah. thing at the start where it's like Summer Isle Films Productions or something like that, haven't mm. you? And then it's like, okay, I can kind of see what they're trying to do with that. But then scenes like this really just are like totally unrealistic and not, and don't, not that they're unrealistic. They're unrealistic relatively to the, the rest, rest of the film. film. Yeah. yeah. Which, um, particularly, you know, Christopher Lee turning up with his fucking perm and his <laughs> kilt on and like, I was trying to figure out if it was a wig. Snails. It is a hundred percent a wig. But look yes. how happy he looks like. Have you ever seen him? <laughs> I've never seen Christopher Lee smile. Have you film. ever seen him outside? No, apart, from, no. apart from like being, uh, Fighting through a Hawthorne bush. Yeah. It was in a tra- in a train station <laughs> that time. They sh- they shot it outdoors. Oh, oh yes. yeah, 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 yeah. In uh, yes. Horror Express. But, but all the other films we've indoors. seen him in, he looks like he doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whereas this, I, it looks like he's having um, a he's, lovely he's time. He's on board. Well, Although, he's yeah. there with Ingrid Pitt. He's there with Britt Eklund. He's there with the other woman who... Diane I, I, Cliente. I'd never heard of her, to be honest. And it really? Was like, reading the Wikipedia, it was like she was a big star that was dragged out of retirement to kind of end yeah. life in the Wicker Man. I didn't know who she was. Although, uh, another thing that came up in the commentary I listened to, Mark Comer said, oh, this is the pub where all the, the cast and crew used to hang out and have like uh, have all these parties and stuff. Yeah. And Chris was like, I never went hung out there and um, <laughs> and, like, and I was just like what and then Edward would go oh yeah 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 we used to do that and it's obviously uh, like they all did that but didn't invite him to come along <laughs> he's oh no he's going to talk about killing people in World War 2 again look out here we go oh he's oh no he's he's going to he's going he's gonna to ring up uh, um, Peter Cushing he's going to ring up Peter Cushing isn't he oh. yeah. don't, don't don't mention his wife <laughs> but don't whatever you do he's very upset but yeah so the next day I've just written Naples. In the woods there grew a tree And a fine, fine tree was he And on that tree there was a limb And on that limb there was a branch And on that branch there was a nest And in that nest there was a egg And in that egg there was a bird And from that bird a feather came And all that It's such a big touchstone for me. And I don't, for you too, like growing up. I didn't pole dancing. Yeah, it's such a big thing. And it it was such a big, big deal that, you know, you would have like May, uh, May Day things, dancing around the Maypole and things like that. Ross and I being from Dorset. Morris dancers. Morris dancers. Yeah. That whole vibe. And of course, growing up as a kid, I never realised the whole phallic aspect. So now it's obvious. Yeah. But like in this, they go into great detail about it. And I was like, whoa. Too, too much. Again. This yeah, is a bit which I felt to me, this would be really good on the stage production. With the, uh, in the and, way, but there was there the band. And in the band, there was the band. Is this, right, so this it's, is the bit before he goes into the school? Yes. 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 So apparently, shot, so the, the, the cut which most people have seen he only stays in the pub one night so all of that stuff you've seen would have been, is mm. all joined together so he, he only, he only slick stays on the island for one, one night yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. this, so this is where he would have gone straight off to the um the maypole and all that kind of oh, stuff oh right okay yeah. that's interesting okay. I didn't realise that 
So then so, he goes into yeah. the school, and then they're kind of duping him, aren't they? But before, before the, the whole the way Filth. that the, the, the song, the way that the song is shot, it's almost yeah. like one of the Cliff Richard movies. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, it was. Like the way that like the teacher is like he's like pointing at the kids and getting yes. them to sing a bit. Yeah. It's really weird. And I've re- and I've written big recorders are plenty. Because yes. <laughs> like when you're a kid, it's got, it's got big recorders. Not not the little um is it, I remember. Uh, what was the name of the recorder makers? Was it a loss? Uh, Alos? Something like that. Yeah, or, yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. So like the normal size ones that you have to Brown do through blind minds. Yeah, that's right. And then there's those massive ones yeah. <laughs> which look like if you're serious about the recorder. <laughs> This is the bad boy you want to get on. This is one folk face, isn't it? This is your not mucking about with folk music here. (laughs) Incredible. Um, And so, yes, after that, after after the the weird musical interlude again, he goes into the school, and what I've put is, does Summer Isle get Ofsteaded? (laughs) Because obviously back in, this is before Ofsteaded was around. And... All I'll say is their curriculum is out there. Yeah. Out there. I've written down that just on the blackboard, it says toadstone, yeah. packstone. This protects you from the weird woman. I was like, now yeah. these lessons are, you know, they've gone deep off the pedagogical diving board here with these. But I think I'm you should be doing reli- that in RE tomorrow, James. Well, maybe so. Yeah. Re- re- I'm reliably informed that the thing is, um, it's quite obvious that from the one-room school, that mm. there is one student missing who Woodward mm. figures out is uh, or, or claims is the missing girl, which is a good scene and it's a good. You yeah. filthy little liars! And yeah. when he open, when they open up the desk, yeah. it's got there's like a beetle attached mm. to a string, and apparently that's some kind of pagan thing in oh, reality. Really? Yes, that's a real life. I'm reliably informed. So yes. I was like, ooh, okay. Um, and I just put Woodward startled at Wang references. <laughs> he's, you know, he, 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 yeah, you know, they they go, oh, of course, the penis, and he's like, how dare you? And I thought these days in PSHE, and I'm not kidding you here, guys. I don't have to teach PSHE, but I've seen the spec. I don't know what PSHE is, James. Oh, sorry, personal social health education. Personal social health education. They have to talk to teenagers about porn now these days, right? And so, you know, Woodward being outraged at them saying, yes, the penis, you know, that's, that's nothing. So, yeah, as they say Do they France. teach them how to cook, James? And like- they teach them how to cook. Um, <laughs> we do have, I, I'm not going to call it home economy. They've they got food tech. Oh, there cool. is food tech, yes. Food tech. In this scene, yeah. I noticed that um, when he's looking through the register, that Rowan was born in 1960, which would mean mm. that now, contemporaneously to this film, she would be 62 years old. <laughs> wow! Which blew That's my nuts, mind quite a lot. Yeah. Because obviously in the film, she's 13. She's a child, yeah, yeah. So it's 50, 51 years ago or something, or 49, and mm. it's, that, that blew my mind, actually. But um, And I can remember this film being... Um, Effectively, like a 20 year old film. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like absolutely. in the early 90s, I can remember this being a, you know, a film when you think of like a film from 2002 now mm-hmm. or 2000, mm. like that's what this is now. Mm-hmm. So, like mm. Shrek or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it just, time is weird, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, it it's, um, so all I've said at this point, all I've written at this point is idiots and COVID deniers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that I kind think, of vibe. 
Well, my, my my problem rereading this film is I'm not sure whose side I'm on because I, I don't know if I'm on his side as a kind of neoliberal f- fascistic kind of hmm? um, religious <laughs> nut. But I'm not on their side either. It's yeah. a kind of smug pagan swingers. Which is yeah. what I think is good about it, John. Which yeah. is about at the end, when, when we get to his, of, his, yes. his proclamation at the end, when he's, when he's like imploring them. But more on that in a second. Um, we, the, I've put down that the point, the, he then goes outside with the teacher and mm. they have a discussion about the island and about like, mm. the, the, uh, the religion of Summer Isle. Because mm-hmm. it's obvious that like, there is no Christian kind of practice going on here. And I've just put in once again, this is very midsummer, this bit. Mm, It's all like the movie. And this is what they say. It's like, oh no, well, we practice a different religion. And what we do is, you know, we celebrate how, you know, life continues and the changing of life. And I thought, Mm. oh, okay, right. You know, that's interesting. And then after this, he then makes his way to the graveyard, doesn't he? Yeah. And and I just want to say on record, on here now, on the General Witchfinders podcast, this is what I want on my gravestone, that he finds a gravestone and it says, this man is projected by the ejaculation of serpents. Yes, I that. <laughs> and I thought, I'm having that. But I, it was either that or poet philosopher failure. <laughs> I wanted take your pick, lads. That, that was that was one of the headstones in this film. No, no, that's always just been what I've wanted. Poet oh, right. for failure. Um, but I will also happily take projected by protected by the ejaculations of serpents. <laughs> that's going to be both, just mm. to make sure. But this is where they find um, uh, Ro- uh, Rowan's grave. Mm. Yes. Well, they f- he finds, is it the pub landlord is mowing the grave? No, it's just another weirdo. It's a different one. Oh, is it? Yeah. Like, I thought it was the they same. They look alike yeah, inbred. They all look the same, don't they? And mm-hmm. he's la- he laughs a lot, this guy, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. So this mm. is where they find the grave. And then on the grave is a tree. And then and on the tree, there is a belly button. But what's on the tree? It's her, it's her umbilical, umbilical cord. cord. Yeah. Weird. It's weird, isn't it? It's just, it is. Like, That's I, quite I, creepy. I think we got umbilical cords and shit like that in, in drawers around this house. Are you fucking joking? No, but it keeps all of it. Anything that falls off the kids, it's it's wrapped up and it's put disgusting. somewhere. Disgusting. You want to be locked up. <laughs> <laughs> All the teeth are somewhere. Mm. Like a bloody serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to like 12 umbilical cords in your house. You're yeah. like, okay, I can, uh, two of those I know about back, but who are the rest? <laughs> He he also says the guy also says oh wow you know and they they present it as horrific they say well we plant a tree mm. over the cover and you know and then they've got and what I've just put is that's pretty commonplace now yeah. isn't it yeah. that's why I'd quite like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And I thought yeah, well, that's yeah. weird how that seems pagan and weird but then yeah so that's moved right into, in, into the main it's just quite sensible isn't it it it's, is um, absolutely yeah, yeah. It is it's nice yeah, yeah so that's not horrific uh, but then the bit that is horrific is the next scene. Um, we get, we cut back to the the woman in the news agent, and she puts a frog into the daughter's <laughs> yes. throat. Yeah, and I've just put that's quite horrific and weird. <laughs> I like, well, I think I think that's actually when I wrote idiots and COVID and well, yeah. because Liars. it's that kind yeah. of there's no there's no feeling of science or kind of. Uh, I'm sure, someone did that in Glassery when we were there the other day. <laughs> yeah, there's no science of or, or progress or feeling of. Not progress, but like sophistication. Is it? It's all. It's all like old wives' tales. No, yeah. You give the frog the um your sore throat. Yes, I think this film would work much better as a book, and I think that's the. Mm. I think that's the issue with it, really, for me. Um, is that there's loads of themes in it, but it feels all a bit too 
apparently the book it was supposedly based on is completely different. And, and oh, really? the killer is actually the policeman. Mm. What? It's, yeah. Wow, okay. I'd quite like to read the book. So I'm then he goes that. to um, visit um, TV's top sextress. Sextress? Is that a word? Uh, Sex temptress? Ingrid Pitt. Yeah, Pitt. Yeah. Who's one of my favourite um, horror starlets. She's not in the film enough. And I don't really know why mm. she's in the film. It's. I think it's another... It's a case, again, of getting someone in for, like, two scenes just to get yeah. them on the poster, isn't yeah. it, yeah. really? So she's in, in the uh, d- death registry. Mm. Um, and I found this part now, from here on in, it, I found it quite hard from this point to, to tell how big the kind of community was because then yeah. there's a scene where you see the public library Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is obviously quite a large public library. Mm. So I think what you start off is quite an isolated um, community, mm. but then when you see how big the, the the library and the fact that they've got like the the um, births and deaths kind of register, mm. it makes me think like how big is this bloody community? Mm. I think that the library really looked too big for where they were. It just looked mm. odd, really. Um, do you remember uh, that program Ben Fogel and, uh, went off and lived on an island with his dog? Yeah. That's, that's how he got famous, wasn't it? <laughs> no. Yeah, anyway. But it sounds like a very Ben Fogel thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how he began. Anyway. Um, Did he set himself on fire inside a wicker man? <laughs> I wish. That would have been a, a hell of an ending, wouldn't it? Oh, season finale. Um, right. But again, you see tin fruit in this scene where she opens a drawer to give him something and pulls tin fruit out of the drawer. Mm-hmm. And I was mm. just like, that's too obvious. Why would you keep tin fruit in a drawer in your desk? You keep it in a kitchen where, or larder, yeah. where everyone else keeps it. Summarise. This chair's going. Why does it keep doing that? I'm not going to lean back anymore. No. Sensible. So <laughs> he then, he decides that he's going to go and front up Lord Summerisle. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. amazingly, first of all, you get, um, there's a, he, he goes past the fertility rite going on, yeah. which yeah. again is very soft porn, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. again, tonally feels weird. Uh, another yeah. thing which would have made it like, ooh, go and watch that film. There's girls. There's new loads. Yeah, but but it's really obvious they yeah. were in body stockings from a distance. Another thing I find annoying about it is that they, they, there's a filter over that part, yes. which is obviously mm. like a very soft focus filter. Yes, they don't see no fannies. But it's also, it's like, Technical whose term. point of view is that from? Yeah. Is that from his point of view or is that? Sort of thing when, when Captain Kirk would look at Joan Collins. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. On the it's, like it's, yeah. it's a beauty shot, yeah. Mm. So you, mm. you go from him looking sweaty in his, in his police constable, a police On a little horse-drawn carriage. Because I realise that you don't see any weird cars or anything in this No, thing. no cars. Yeah. No. No. But then he looks across and it's all very soft focuses. Like, has he got something wrong with his eyes? So I've noticed out a wonderful Chris Lee line. He turns up and he says, ah, Constable Harry, I trust the sight of the young people refreshes you. Yes. And I thought, we've all been refreshed by the sight of young women, haven't we, at some point in our lives? And the young men, maybe, James. Yeah. Well, perhaps. But yeah, yeah, you know, no, no judgments here. I, I just want to um, point out, this is the second film we've, we've um, seen where... Uh, Someone goes into a, a house and there's an enormous organ in the house, which would have been, hey! yeah, <laughs> been way too loud for anyone to listen to um, mm. it being played. You and your enormous organs, yeah. Cleves. Um, 
So he goes in. Big Chris Lee is hidden away in a, in what's known as a lambing chair. Ooh. Yes. Um, which kind of covers you up from drafts. And then he pops up, doesn't he, with his with his um, fright wig on. Yeah, that would have been the first point you would have ah. seen him in the in the normal cut. Yes, yes. So that's, wow. that's what I remember. And, I, and again, I prefer that because it's like, here's Christopher Lee now. And it's like, you feel like you're moving through... Mm. This the kind of segments mm. of the film, whereas in this mm. cut, it's a bit like jumbled, isn't it? Mm. And then, and this scene has a bit more uh, of a kind of centerpiece feeling to the film, then because yes. you have this interesting framing of the one shot where they're at either side of the frame and they're facing each other like adversaries, mm-hmm. and that works really well. Whereas in this cut of the film, you've already seen Christopher Lee in his kilt, which kind of lessens his impact slightly doesn't it mm. Mm. Um, this is this is when we learn though once again this is your more yet yet more mm. you know kind of a plot explanation here and what's mm. going on that we learn that and this is one of it you know if i i'm throwing criticism um he says that he's like the third lord summer isle and it was his grandfather that came in and yeah. i could think oh they've they i know i suppose you can say oh look how quickly things have fallen apart in this country but i did think two generations for yes. everybody to be on board with this yeah i thought it, it should have been like six seven generations it back, takes i felt that, it, it does yeah. Yeah. yeah uh but yeah he says that his grandfather introduced kind of like crazy well that would have taken um, it back to the 1800s wouldn't it? yeah yeah so it's still it's still quite well, a, i think if you I look at you want to go yeah well if i got my book of like british witchcraft and mm. black magic and all that kind of stuff stuff people believe like in Victorian times, was yeah. was made. the stuff people believe in Weymouth now? <laughs> Jagos, particularly. Yeah, there is some weird deities in Jagos. George, are you there? You get, Come and talk about Jagos. You go and rub that big foot. <laughs> She's getting changed. We were talking oh. about Jagos the other day. What do you say about Jagos, George? Um, <laughs> what did she say? Several things. Several things. <laughs> we were talking about farmers with one ear. Yeah. And um, very small Indian men. <laughs> Wicker Man vibes. Yeah. Wicker Man vibes, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> we're saying, uh, record label. She'll never forget him. No. <laughs> so, come back, come back. Come. <laughs> Let's do that right. this Christmas. Um, this, no, for my birthday. Let's all go to Jago's. All right. Okay, okay done. We're going to Jago's for his birthday, George. Give it a cheer in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So we so so we learn that his great that Christopher Big Chris Lee's great grandfather introduced these kind of horticultural innovations mm. which have enabled them to grow um sort of flora that wouldn't normally grow in the highlands of Scotland, etc. 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 So they kind of lay down the fact that, you know, that's part of the reason why they've been able to have such, you know, rich bounties on Summer Isle. Mm. But, and as is pointed out later on, that, you know, kind of like the, the, it's only a temporary thing. And mm. the, the way that the kind of horticulture works and agriculture works, you're not going to be able to keep generating these, mm. you know, these crops. And mm. so that kind of explains for you, the audience, to say, that's why the crops have failed. It's starting mm. to go wrong. Mm-hmm. This mm. kind of three-generation experiment is starting to collapse. Yeah. Mm. Um, so therefore, you know, just, just for the listener's sake, there you go. That's, that's the big bit, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then once again, uh, Edward Woodward gets very cross 
how he doesn't he? he just once again mm. he's, he he doesn't like any of this uh, and mm. sort of that he thinks that you know the wool is being pulled over his eyes and decides that he needs to go and exhume a corpse mm. and in true horror film style and my note is why does all corpse exhuming go on after dark? At night. Yeah. Why does no one ever do it at the day sign? Yeah. Right, it has to be done at night. Just put just put put the thing around the, the grave. Yeah. Just just put put like a often you know, they're doing it um uh, in rain. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but but they're often well. doing it when they're not meant to be doing it, aren't they? Yes. He hadn't got mm. did he not get permission from Lord Summer or did he No, just no, say, he got he got permission, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. that scene made me think that Summer Isle and a potentially slightly more interesting reading of it, um, knows that it's all cobblers mm. and the kind of pagan yeah, does, part yeah. of it is a load mm. of rubbish. Yeah. Um, he just, he, his his family gave that to them. Yes. As, as, as a way of kind of controlling it, them a little bit. And, and I feel that that isn't really kind of elaborated. It's kind of Wizard of Oz, isn't it? Yeah, but further down the line, I think that's lost slightly, and I think that's more interesting, and that makes his character a lot more of an arsehole, really, mm-hmm. that he knows it's all a load of rubbish, but he's still happy for this guy to be murdered, mm-hmm. which I think mm. they could have uh, expanded upon more. Mm. Um, so I can't remember, is he, what is he saying about Ro- Rowan? Is he saying that she doesn't exist, or is he saying that? I think he says she does exist, and it puts you in a very bad position Sergeant, you should just do what you think is best, kind of thing. So mm. he says, Well, I'm going to go and exhume the grave. And Summerall says, I was under the apprehension that I'd already uh, t- told you that I'd given you my permission or something. Oh, right. So that's what he does. He goes, he digs up the coffin, and then within the coffin is a dead hair. Dun, dun, dun. Well, that's when how he then goes off to the photographers. That, that bit, this bit was good. Yes. I like this bit. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, then yeah. decides that you know, oh wait, you know, maybe, maybe I've been lied. To, you know, mm. the the web of lies is starting to uh, to untangle. The web and so of he lies. goes. And, That's a good title. Isn't thank it? you. Yeah. So he kind of busts into the photographer just once again using his "fuck you, I'm a policeman" energy. There's no kind of yeah. like, I, I best get a, a search warrant. Bang! Yeah. He just breaks in, and then yeah. we have the quite good scene of him going through and looking at the developed pictures. Developed mm. pictures always look quite creepy and quite good. And I put that they go through that bit too quickly. Yeah. Yes. That, like they, I put the developed pictures are amazing and they show them way too quickly. And, mm. and, and not only can he fly planes, he can also, um, he knows develop. how to d- d- yeah. develop and process photographs. Standard. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. quite easy to do, isn't no, it? We've never yeah. done it. Um, I think a lot of people would know how to do that in that day and age, especially yeah. a policeman would see it in a lab, in a, in a police yeah. station. Because I think a lot of, that would have all been done in house, wouldn't it? Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't see that as a big stretch. Um, that's it, a, it so, was, yeah, that's when he, he he sees the picture of Rowan with with none of the um uh, completely barren, uh, yeah, harvest. Yeah. harvest. yeah. So he he does he then go off to a summer island, chuck the hair at them, and then have to listen to him and and the woman singing that that long song. I think so. Maybe yes. Chucks the dead hair at them and he gets in a right strop, doesn't he? And then it's like, um, Big Chris Lee looks a bit like one of Spandau Ballet. In like a frilly shirt with a, with a coiffure and a, and a kilt and then says some waffle. Yeah, and sends him on his way. Um, and then, yeah, gives him a flea in his ear. And then um, we have the famous um, Night at the Pub. Brit's song is the best. Yes. Mm. So, is this when... Is this the keystone of the film now? 
to say now do you like the, the whole point of, the, of this film is of course he is a virgin yeah. Yeah. Woodward and so that is why he you know he is to be sacrificed yes. now the fact that Britt Eklund is basically trying to give trying him, to him and it yeah. enticed him in are we yeah. supposed to read that she's like trying to save him in some way because like would they continue to sacrifice him if he's uh, given, given I, I think there's, there's three isn't there three things he has to be a virgin he mm. has to be there of his own Mm-hmm. Will free will and accord? Yeah, yeah, and he has to be a fool. And he has to be. A, and he's a yeah. fool for the day. Isn't isn't that like he he chose by not going with her? He chose to yeah. to, to be the virgin to be the sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, he brought it upon himself. But okay, yeah. He, he could. I believe that's what what happened there. Mm. Interesting. But all I put is Edward Woodward is bathed in sweat. He is, isn't he? He is the sweatiest man in the history of the universe. And that's because he's wearing brown nylon Nylon. (laughs) (laughs) He's got nothing to do with Eklund stomping on the floor and whacking the wall. And and it's a Scottish slipstream. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very warm night. Um, That's the best song in the film. And I think it works very well. It's a weird scene and it goes on too long because it has to kind of follow the song. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so it feels a bit like... And you need maximum bum shaking in it as well. Yeah, you're looking at your watch by halfway through thinking, like, how long are they going on? Like, what more can they do with... She's whacked on the wall with her arms. She's shaking her bum about. She's moved her hair around. Because I can remember watching this for the first time and that being quite... You know, oh, this is quite a lot of nudity for a film. Mm. And and I think, like I was saying, films which deal with taboos when we, we're in a almost like in a tabooless um, society, society now, now, oh my God, yeah. it loses all its power. Yes. Like sitting next to my dad in yeah. the cinema watching Midsummer while mm. someone is being forced to have sex with someone else and just feeling really like, well, this is weird. You know, I, I never thought I'd be watching this with my dad. Thanks for giving it away. Please. Where are we going to go with horror films now? Um, I think that we are left with jump scares mm. and um, trying to get a mood of dread. Mm. Those are the two things we got now. There's no mm. um, shot of uh, of the can't show that I anymore. think the mm. most successful thing I've watched recently was um, Get Out. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it was the other film that he did, which was called... Us. 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 Um, I thought I thought those worked really well, but I think the, the original ideas were both like very Hammer House of Horror TV show ideas. Mm-hmm. So it's like, maybe it's it's. I don't know if there's much new left in the stories. To um, I watched a find. film called I think it's called Hag Sousa, Sousa. Um, it's an Austrian horror film, and yeah. it's kind of like. Starts off with a little girl living with her sort of like mentally ill, plague, plague <laughs> infested mother plague, who, plague. who might be a witch. I don't know. And there's some horrible stuff around like period blood and the mum touching mm-hmm. her and all that, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah. this this is this is, and it's like baby be, babies being killed and drowned in it and all that kind of stuff. And why do you watch this rubbish, please? <laughs> 
But this was something I felt like, this is trying to do this, like, these are all the taboo. It was like, what are the things which are really, really, people would not show on film because they're, yeah. re- they're really upset in it. And, yeah. and it's like, I was watching, I was just like, this is just horrible for the sake of being horrible. Yeah. And, and I th- think that's where censorship makes, sometimes makes things work because mm-hmm. people have to work harder to make a sense of atmosphere. Yeah. So I feel like some of the taboos which were being broken in the 70s mm. were, they were taboos because the society was in it, um, it was in a, a bit of an uptight position. Whereas I feel like the, the taboos we've got left now and, you know, give it 50 years, you might look back and go, well, that's nothing. But the taboos we've mm. got now like, often are like, that's a really horrible crime, what, mm. which we don't want to see it because it is absolutely it would destroy someone's life. You know, having a bit of um, swinging in, in the in, outside the pub is not mm. going to destroy anyone's life, really. <laughs> well, but some know. some of the child abuse and stuff, which was in this film yeah. I watched, it's like that is that is just scarring. And it's going to if someone watches that and it's got, it's got something like that happen to them, that is going to really trigger them and be absolutely horrible. Mm. And it's like that's I I suppose if it's a horror film, you should be horrified. But but for mm. me, it's just like that is just nasty and. It's, you know, I'm, I'm not like scared it cut, of this. I'm it just cuts like, down to, it, it cuts down to what's your definition of horror. Mm. Yeah. You want to be disconcerted and have, you know, a, something that, that stays with you for days. Or do you want to be si- <gasps> jump scared? Mm. Yeah. Do you want to, oh, surprise, oh, horrific. Yeah. I, I don't want to look at that, mm. you know. And yeah. you're quite right to say, you know, that's the whole thing about horror is it's, it's got lots of relations to, to taboo. Mm. And that, that, that in society, which you put off limits, but then at the same time, that's always something that's attractive to people, mm. whatever mm. it may be. That's, that's what, you know, but that's I think the species have got left. Mm. Uh, I don't know. It's for like, it's not something which is ever going to become mainstream. Whereas I think some of the stuff, which we taboos from the seventies were, I don't know, maybe I it just, uh, it's just, I feel like if people go trying to go down that route now, mm. it's just, it's just like, it's just horrible. Leaves a it horrible taste like in your shit film. It you? was. It's not very nice. And I do, sounds I, like the Human Centipede or something. Like oh, just, that was just funny. An idea <laughs> that's then, you know, just a pointless film, and mm. you think, "Why have I watched an hour and a half of that rubbish?" Yeah, yeah. like Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's let's strive for the ending now. Mm-hmm. That the next day it is May Day. Yeah. yeah, and we then get that's this not Grace Jones in a view to a kill. Okay, well, that we should we be. get the hand. What's it called? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, the hand candle. I don't yeah. know what that's called. Is it called oh, the hand of glory called... or something like that? The hand of glory, it's yeah. It's a brilliant effect, isn't it? Mm. Yes. We need one of those for our next Halloween um, dinner. Things, yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so we then get this, this crazy, this kind of montage, again, tonally quite weird, because it's almost documentary-like mm. in some of the shots, featuring the people, like, looking and smiling directly at the camera. Wherein we see, like, the Mayday is like, oh, what are you doing here? And ha 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 Totally, it's quite strange. And yeah, yeah. you know, there's, it's almost comedy in moments. And, and yeah, and yeah. Um, how he's off trying to, f- he said, I'm going to search every building mm. on this island to try and find her. What we should say at this point, dear listener, is that he's knocked out the pub landlord with a candlestick. No, no not, no, yet. not yet. Not yet. Not, not yet. Oh, yet. no? no oh. We'll get up to that in a second. No, oh, so we haven't had the candle yet then? No. The- Oh yeah, sorry, man. After the after we've had the candle, he knocks out the landlord with the candlestick, and then he dresses as the fool. Yes, that's right. Like, um, but prior to that, he, he's running around the island, which again needs a Benny Hill soundtrack of yeah. like 
open Yaki's cupboards. Hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, what's so, the, um, tonally, it's strange. Um, he dresses up like, um, that's the way to do it. Mr. Punch. Mr. Punch. Yeah. Mr. Punch. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. And he decides that, obviously, um, he's got to get in and follow <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the, the May Day party and celebrations. He needs to be part of them, doesn't he? So, <laughs> All I can says, think of is Max Zorin in, in an airship. <laughs> Seeing <laughs> Grace Jones come out of a tunnel on a on a one of those, uh, those things, Mayday, and it blows up, and then he's like, "Oh, I'm not going to split the San Andreas fault." <laughs> and then as he dies, he laughs at his own death. He does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I often get the, the the what his plan is mixed up with Lex Luthor's Luthor's plan out of um Superman. The Superman, it's a very yeah. similar yeah. plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both um, maniacal. So as we've, we've, we've just discussed, they decide, or Edward Woodward's Howie decides that he's going to knock out the pub landlord who, is, yeah. who takes the role of the fool. Um, and I've noticed <laughs> that he, he knocks him out by hitting him on the back. Mm. He, he doesn't whack him over the head. He just strikes no. him on the back. And he goes, no. oh! And, and, you know, and because he's the convinced floor. they're going to sacrifice Rowan at the, yes. at the, at the festival. Yeah, so I said, yes. he feels like She's he's got to get in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you get this this crazy scene where they all kind of take it in turns to put their head into the swords. Mm-hmm. It's mm. all very pagan. Do they empty you know? beer into the sea? Oh, it was that the, mm. the um the Nick Cage one. No, no, no. They do that in this. Okay, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Lee. So yeah, big Chris Lee. You know, gets an axe out. Um, you know, sacrifices that some beer to dresses see. a woman. He dresses as a Yes, weirdly yeah. well dressed as Cher. Transcendence. I'm going to dress up as Christopher um, Lee in this film at some point in my life. Brilliant. Brilliant. Add that to the, the ever-growing list of Christopher Lee outfits that he wants to wear. And we, we then get the amazing, amazing line where uh, Edward Woodward kind of gets up alongside Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee admonishes him. Goes, mm. Where have you been, man? Are you drunk? Yeah. And then as Edward Woodward obviously like stumbles around unconvincingly, he yeah. declares... Cut some capers, man! <laughs> I thought that's such an amazing thing to say. Cut some capers! Cut some capers! And he kind of does half-heartedly. Yes. And then, I said, we have the... Um, we get the... Uh, does he feel... You know, What's the whole thing with the cave? I've forgotten. Like, as to oh, no, but they, Rowan, the they go to the um, stone circle, don't they? And then mm-hmm. Rowan is mm-hmm. revealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she's alive. Yeah. And then how he... Reveals herself and says, "Cover me." Yes, that's it. Yeah, and and they run off to go. And she's going this way, this way. I know that I know a way to go and hide. Mm. They they go through some caves. Hold on, just hold on that because first of all, that was filmed at Wookie Hole. Was it? Yes. I can't. Wow. Just the year before Revenge of the Cybermen was filmed. There you go. Was that filmed a sixteen millimeter film? No, no. Was any Doctor Who filmed in sixteen millimeter? (laughs) (laughs) Lots were. I think the only one that was filmed entirely on 16mm was um, TV's Spearhead from Space. From Space. Oh, interesting. Which, and, and John Pertwee's hair, that looks very much like Christopher Lee's in this, doesn't it? <laughs> it's yeah. remarkable. It all but ties I think, together. I think it's, it's, all, um, it's all of Pertwee's own hair in that case, though. Isn't uh, oh, okay. It? He's sporting so, his own hair. So, yeah, we get, we get this chase sequence in Wookiee Hole, in the case. I can't and believe I just they, put, went, they, they got the mortar Wookiee Hole just for that scene. Yeah. So far oh, well, away from I've, Scotland. I've put... 
funk interlude in Wookie Hole. <laughs> it's very Starsky and Hutch kind of wow, wow, wow. There's a lot of wah wah pedal yeah. action happening. And again, I thought, why have they chosen this music for this bit? It's mm. weird. Again, so out of keeping with the rest of the film. Mm. And he he emerges with Rowan, and then she runs to Big Chris Lee. Said, did I do it right? Just go, oh, ha, ha, mm. you know, did I do it right? And he's delighted, isn't he? He's like, yeah. ha, ha, yes. But what I've also put is, blimey, Chris Lee got changed quick. Yeah. He yes. got out of his share outfit and yeah. had all the makeup off and everything. And he said, it's like, he changed his clothes. Away. Yeah. How did he do that? Anyway, yeah. regardless, it doesn't matter. And then we get to, you know, the crux, the, you know, the, the climax of the film. And which we're told, I said, in order to make the crops work again, they've got to, you know, how he is going to be sacrificed. Mm. And as John said, John absolutely correctly said, whose side are you on at this point? Mm. Because as he said, Howie says, look, you don't need to do this because the, the crops and how they work, they're going to keep failing. Mm. They're going to keep failing. And he says... Who are you going to sacrifice next year mm. when this happens? Yeah, and he says, and Chris Lee he said, yeah. looks totally befuddled at that moment. Mm. As if say, like, oh, yeah, you're next. Yeah. yeah, yeah, kind of. And then he's like, it won't happen. The crops will not fail. Mm. And so, yes, yeah, so that's what I thought. That kind of, and that's what I enjoyed from this film was that whole notion of, you know, how he is you know, too innocent and too naive. And it's that mm. whole thing of, haha, you're judo, judo Christian gods. Mm. He's been proved to be a lie and what have you. You know, why are you mm. worshipping that and see where that's got you? Versus, but yet these people are also believing a lie. Mm. And that's yeah. why I thought, oh, it's pretty good. They're all, you know, that everyone involved in this is equally deluded. And all you've got, point, don't they? yeah, all you've got at the, er- at the end are your strange human beliefs and mm-hmm. desires that this makes everything okay, whatever it may mm. be. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. They go and whack him in the wicker. The big bloke, who we've not really mentioned Oak. before, he's big yeah. in the pub. Big Ron from Big, big Ron. <laughs> it, is, it isn't him, but he looks... No, but he could be. All, who is also in The View to a Kill. Mm. Grabs hold of him, whacks him in the wicker man, and he, oh my God, Jesus Christ, no! <laughs> Jesus Christ, no! And, and then he gets out Woodward his hymn book. Loads. The and once again, if he had a copy of Come and Praise with him from school, he, he could have done This is the Day that the Lord Has Made. <laughs> Isn't it? Or Who Put the Colours in the Rainbow? That would have been better. And he is drowned out by the uh, the people of Summer Isle just basically partying down yeah. over the fact that, uh, you know, and I also read online that because they also put in some animals in there with him. Like, yeah. Oh, nice mm. barbecue. Really, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? it, 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 it smells. Yeah, right? and and apparently Britt Eklund claimed that those animals died. Yes, <laughs> and they had to say no, no animals were harmed in the making. And the goats were pissing all over him. Apparently, apparently. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. oh god! But uh, we should point out, and of course, then you know the end, as it were. Yes, yeah, spoilers. But as Ross said at the start, and if you stayed with us for this long, as always, thank you, dear listener. Mm. But the the uh, when I read into this and read about it. The proposed sequel was that he gets rescued, yep. that the cops turn up at this point. And wow. even though you've seen the Wicker Man destroyed by flames, like the cops turn up and bust him out. Yeah. And then what follows in the sequel is an ongoing and increasingly mystical and spiritual fight yeah. between How- uh, Howie and Lord Summerisle involving a dragon at one point. Yeah. Is this the Lantern like, Worm? Or is yes! this the. <laughs> Sounds amazing. In 1989, Schaefer wrote a 30-page film script treatment entitled The Loathsome Lamberton Worm, 
a direct sequel to The Wicker Man. It would have been more fantastical in subject matter than the original film and relied more heavily on special effects. In this continuation of the story, which begins immediately after the ending of the first film, Neil Howey is rescued from the burning wicker man by a group of police officers from the mainland. Boo! (laughs) Boo, that's awful. Right? Howey sets out to bring Lord Summer Isle and his pagan followers to justice, but becomes embroiled in a series of challenges which pit the old gods against Jesus Christ! (laughs) Against his own Christian faith! Right. The script culminates in a climactic battle between Howie and a fire-breathing dragon, the titular <laughs> Lamberton Worm, and ends with a suicidal Howie plunging to his death from a cliff while tied to two large eagles. <laughs> <laughs> so he dies anyway. Huh? Yeah. Shaker's well, sequel was never hell. produced, right? but his treatment, complete with illustrations, was eventually published in the companion book Inside the Wicker Man. Mm. They were, and Complete Hardy's not asked to direct the sequel yeah but and as he did not like the idea of Harry surviving the sacrifice mm. or he's put the fact that the actors would have aged by 20 to 30 years <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that, that might do it <laughs> so yes. yeah but it says a fan made full cast audio drama adaptation oh. of the Lotus of Laberton Worm it was wow. released in 2020 oh I bet yeah. that's the right stinker, isn't it? I bet it is. Yeah, Reece, so there you Reece go. Is Mental. <laughs> yeah, he's a little bit doing it. As the Wicker Man burns, it collapses in quite a cinematic way. Mm. And just as they're shooting through it, it goes to the setting sun, doesn't it? Yeah. Which I think was a total fluke, wasn't it? Well, the, yeah, yeah, it looks but, good. But it's, again, it's one of those things when you look at it and you think, that was shot for real. That all happened. None of that CGI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, it's just, and it's just great. And I love the sound of the, the sea. and Yeah. And the seagulls and everything. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's proper filmmaking. It's a it's it's a good film. I don't know how enjoyable a film it is, and I don't know if I enjoyed it in the way that I enjoy the other films that mm-hmm. we watch, which are just mediocre. Like I said, it's just well, it's some. We're going to go straight back to some mediocre next week. <laughs> and my on reflection on it my final thought that i've put down here is the moral of this story is don't get involved in folk music exactly yeah. that is that's that's my final thoughts on the matter yeah. Yeah, that's what i put at the end my week of wicker man has seen me listening to pentangle whilst working so. oh my god no ross um, no. my final thought was there's not enough ingrid pit okay so what do we think what scores we're going to give it well, James, go, on, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I have to say, you know, as as I said before, it's the whole. Would I tell other people to watch this? Yes, I absolutely. I, you've got to watch it. It's so. It's not like any film, no. good or bad. Made, I don't yeah, think I've ever like seen a film, film like, like this. No, it's mm. nuts. It's out there, and it's been so influential. And I did find that there were some hilarious bits in it. Cut some capers, man. You know, all of that business. Um, I, I, you know, funk interlude in, in Wookiee Hole, all of that stuff. So for me, it's a four. Oh, wow. wow. High scoring. That's Enjoyed it. from James. I did enjoy it. And, that, and it said, it, when I thought about its influence and its relation to things like Midsummer, I thought, well, yeah, you know, I'm really pleased to have seen this. For me, I think it's going to be an all-time low for a film. Uh, I can't remember what I've marked anything else. <laughs> <laughs> As always, but, uh, yeah. Just... In terms of how I felt about it this time watching it, 
um, re- relative to lesser films that I probably enjoy more. And yeah. I think that's... You get that line to... That's what it all comes down to. Did you enjoy it? I think, you know, su- that's just subjectively, this, mm. for me, because I've gone below zero, haven't I? Yeah. Mm. I think this, for me, is a zero. <gasps> because I just didn't enjoy it. That's a shame. I'm sorry. I I, I mm. picked this because I thought you might enjoy it. Well, I've seen so, it before and enjoyed it. And this time I watched this cut and I thought, I think this cut actually doesn't help the film. Mm. I think this weakens the impact. Okay. Well, like I said, when I watched it the first time for, for this, mm. haven't seen it several times in, in the um, 1990s. 90s, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I thought, yeah, this is the Empress New Clothes. Everyone is telling me this is great. Mm. And therefore mm. I'm like, this is not as good. Watched it a second time. Mm. Liked it a lot more. Talking to you guys again is is brought it up for me. So mm. it's going to be, oh, it's going to be a three or a four. I don't know. I think it's an admirable film, but I don't know if it's an enjoyable film for me. It's definitely not one of the top ten British films all made. No, that's bollocks. Like Doctor No. Um, it's if, a four for me. Yeah. Mm. When when um, Robert Shaw says "old man" and then Sean Connery's like. I knew you wouldn't have red wine with fish, old man. Yeah. And then he walks out and he's killed him and he's like, old man. It's like, come on, that's much better than this rubbish. <laughs> okay. Not right. enough Ingrid Pitt. If there was more Ingrid Pitt. More Ingrid Pitt showing her tits. <laughs> Classic. There we are. Awesome. On that bottom stuff. Um, we won't do something horrific because I, I will know Shit. something real horrific. So now we yeah. have something really horrific. Here is updates from my wife, Rebecca, and my child, Talis, about the spooky goings on in our home. Excellent. Enjoying the orb You've got an orb there, Yeah. Look at the orbs. You you saw that yourself then? Yeah, I saw that one. Well, I've got (laughs) some spooky goings-ons in the Cleaver house. Okay. I'm going to play you some um, audio, and hopefully you'll be able to hear it. Yeah. why am I sleeping? I don't know forwards? why I'm getting closer. <laughs> for the for the um for the tape, can you repeat what you told me about what happened last night? Okay, so um I was up with Talis, um, who's our six year old, she wasn't feeling very well. Um, and she wanted to talk to me. She was I mean, she was okay. She said she wasn't feeling well, but she wasn't she was she was all right. Um and so we ended up sat in the middle of her bedroom, um, in the dark, cross legged. She was asking me questions. And then suddenly she sort of cuddled into me while looking around and she said, they're here. And oh, I said, And I said, what are you talking about? And she, I could see she was looking at something and her eyes tracked something sort of flying across the room. Oh, yeah. And she said, oh, these little, these little light things. Um, <gasps> and then she, she was going, there's one. And then she said, hang on, can you not see them? And I was like, no, I can't see mm. them. So I looked where she was pointing. Uh, and then she mm. said, there's one over the bed. And she was pointing mm. up in the in the corner above her her mid-sleeper. And I, you know, I looked, I couldn't see anything. Yeah. And then I said, oh, do they I don't know why I'm do saying yes, like She was like, yeah, I, I don't like them. I was like, really, why? Oh. And, and she's, she couldn't really articulate why. And she said, oh, sometimes mm. they come through the walls. Um, and then again, she did, she did a thing where she was clearly tracking something moving 
um, like a cross yeah, room, yeah. and then she tracked it all the way down behind her, and then she clapped her hands to try and catch it. And I honestly, Ooh. I was so creeped out by it. Um, and she, we didn't end up really. I sort of said to her, "I think it's always. I think it's probably something to do with your eye. You know, you can sort of see things in the dark." But privately, I was thinking, "Oh my god!" Um, I sort of steered mm. her off the conversation a bit. And then after I tucked her in bed, and she seemed fine to go back to bed, she didn't seem like freaked out or anything. I was freaked out. Um, and then I came back and got in bed with you. And then after a couple of minutes or so, and I'd shut the bedroom door when I came in, um, I heard our door knob rattling. Yeah, and, like, I, and I woke, I sort of came. Yeah, because I rattling. heard it. You, I felt you stir straight away. Um, and I just assumed Talis had got back up again, that she was coming in. And mm. they do do that, don't they? They do sort of creep in just mm. to really, you know, make you absolutely shit your pants. Um, <laughs> and it stopped for a bit and then it did it again. And, and by is- this point, I was just looking at the door because I was waiting to see it swing open. And of course, it's so dark, isn't it? So you can't really tell. And then you came to a bit more. And then I, when it happened again, I said, Talis, is that you? And then you did your, oh, this always freaks me out, didn't you? Who's there? Is anybody there? And I always think, oh, God, don't ask an open-ended question. <laughs> I only want to know if it's Dallas who's there. Um, and we were both, like, looking and listening, then, weren't we? But then it sounded like it went, like, along the wall. So I thought, oh, it's, it's people next door. But, yeah, I also thought the same. I heard no. it from something else. So I think it was. I think it was someone using the bathroom, whatever, next door. And mm. but, something was making the door it, rattle. Yeah. But then you said it was the heating, and then I went to sleep. Yeah, then I then I thought I heard the heating. It, our radiator start making a noise. I then remained freaked out wow. for another good five minutes before I yeah. go back to sleep. Oh. You don't have joined. Um, you don't have joined floorboards with next door or anything, do you, please? I don't think so. And and this is um, and I've got another clip here. Mm. Hey, so do you remember last night? Yes. Do you remember that at one point? We were sitting in your bedroom, weren't we? And we talking. Were, we were talking. We were both sitting cross-legged in the dark in the middle of your bedroom. And you came into me like this and you went, they're here. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. The little thing that flows around it in the night sometimes. I do mm. Once when I had a bad dream, I went into your room and I saw them. Sometimes they float towards me and I try to catch them, okay. but they're just my eyesight. Okay. Because, I mean, you looked like you were seeing them last night because you said to I me, was. can you see them? And I couldn't see them. Yeah. What do um, they look like? Well, some, well, they're just little... Like little like things, they'll come in a groove and then they'll just slide around everywhere. There'll be like random pictures because last night they were past, like shooting stars and stars, <laughs> and then they just started floating around and I really don't like it. Oh, okay. I mean, I oh. saw you watching one yesterday. I saw you you followed it with your eyes all around the room and then you tried to catch it. Yeah, that way I went. Yeah. And then there was one you thought you could see floating above your bed, you thought. I remember up in the corner of the room. Oh, yeah, I did see it. So what do they look like? Well, I did say that they're, they're all just... Well, I did say. it depends I did, come on, um, listen. on what yeah. time. <laughs> At that time, they were just coloured stars. Mm. Well, 
that was when I got close to it to mm. be able to see. I couldn't see the rest because they all float in a group. Mm. Mm-hmm. What, what, other, what else do they look like? Well, once there was a party one where they were doing the party food and balloons. Mm. Mm. What? Mostly balloons. <laughs> yeah. well, you've come into our room and seen them, have you? Yeah, once I did. Why don't you like them then? I don't like them because they annoy me and I don't know when they go away because sometimes I just stare them on the second time I blink, they go away. Okay. So sometimes you see them and sometimes you don't see them? Yeah. Mm. And they just sort of arrived last night? when Because they weren't in there initially, were they, when we were in there? No, sometimes they just come through the walls randomly. Okay. It's a bit obvious when they come through the window, so... Do they... Do you feel scared? Do they make you feel scared? Yeah, because I'm worried if there's going to be something scary inside them. Like what? You should and be like worried. like a skull or a zombie that oh. is actually walking. But normally they just sort of got disappear? Yeah, sometimes they just... Hey, did you get up after... Um, you remember when we tucked you to bed? Yeah. Did you get back up after then and come to our bedroom door? It's okay yeah. if you did. We would not be cross at all. No. Wow. Orbs. Your, your see, home is she an didn't say she, hot spot. <laughs> she didn't say she saw skulls. Is that what she, she said? She said sometimes they can look like different things, like lights or balloons. And then she said, I'm afraid because sometimes I don't know what they're going to look like. And she said, Sometimes, uh, if they're going to look like a skull or a person walking through the wall. Oh. <laughs> You're like, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. So, so I want me coming to stay in your house, please. Uh, so we had that, and I, yeah. I told you about it, and I got woken up by someone slapping me on the head. <laughs> That's just better, isn't it? No, was, I was the only one in the house, and I woke up hearing this, like Benny Hill, hearing mm. someone tapping me on the forehead. And I... I could hear it and feel it, and I woke up. There was no one there. Yeah. Wow, very odd indeed. There we go. That's our it's very strange. Central. Next time on the General Witchfinders, mm. join us. Hopefully, um, before the end of the month, for the mm. Twins of Evil. Oh. Is that, I know nothing of this film. Is that going to be shit enough, John? Oh, it's so much better than this. You're going to enjoy it so much. Okay. A very skeletal Peter Cushing, who's who is literally mourning his wife. Wife. Helen. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Um, I think this is from from our favourite year. I think it's yeah, nineteen seventies again. Yeah, seventy one. This uh, seventy one twins of evil is. Um, it is magnificent. It's the set. Oh, it's brilliant. I can't okay. wait to watch it. We'll come back soon for the, Twins of Evil. T- uh, play, uh, p- um, Playboy's first ever twin centrefolds. Oh. <laughs> it's wow. a different era. Yeah. Okay. Until <laughs> until then, happy day. Stay Love safe, life. everyone. Peace. Thanks for listening. Live Thank long you. and prosper. Bye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to The General Witchfinders. <laughs>
Subscribe and spread the word at GeneralWitchFinders.com Farewell, and don't have nightmares. this world. Do not deliver me into the enemy's hands. Or put me out of mind forever. Let me not undergo the real pains of hell, dear God. Because I die unshriven. And establish me in that bliss knows no ending. Christ, our Lord, on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.